Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Wanna bet? S-D-P-P. The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. You know, I think my main question has got to be, why didn't Keith start Ryan O'Reilly on the third line? Yeah. Like we said. <laughs> Boy, were we right. Boy, were we the correctest we've ever been. Oh, uh, man. Wow. You know, sometimes when you're wrong about Ryan O'Reilly, I think it's best to own it and laugh and move on. And be okay with it because he scored a hat trick. Yes. So, oh, I was, no. I haven't been fantasy. Oh, you had a good day. I had a good day. Myrtle is in first place in our pool. His team name is Igor Shestworkin. Oh, that's funny. It is funny. And I'm beating him because thought, of Ryan O'Reilly. I thought you called Myrtle the paywall. He is the paywall, but his team name is Igor Shestworkin. Yeah. No. Just, that's his nickname. Ah, uh, yeah. Because yeah. he plays goalie in your ECHL team. Yeah. 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 That makes he had sense. quite the showing the other night. Like he's throwing on his head? Yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> Bad showing. We were not good in front of him. It was threes. Human goalie in threes is a death sentence. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. I love threes. Threes is great. I play threes all day. And drop-ins, totally good. No, it's unplayable. No. Drop-ins, threes is good. It's fine. Are you, you're playing team style? Like, it's four of you? Or are you just yeah. playing one? Or are you playing all the positions? No, no, no. Are you no. playing solo? Uh... The problem is, uh, depending on who's playing, I have to play center sometimes, mm. and I suck. <laughs> I suck at center. It's my worst position. I hate it. It seems like a you problem. It is a me problem. It's directly a me problem. I got to change <laughs> my build. There you it, go. It's always good to experiment with your build six months after the game comes out. I just we were we were so right about Ryan O'Reilly. So well, right. co- the correctest we've ever been, and I feel yeah. like uh, uh, I do feel like it's worth the rewind to. Uh, a couple nights ago, because obviously our first show back was a couple of games after Ryan O'Reilly came to Toronto. Now we're a couple of days removed from Ryan O'Reilly's first multi-goal game in Buffalo, a team which he played for for four years. That's so funny, man. He went there. He signed an extension. He never in his time in Buffalo had a multi-goal game and famously on the way out. Talked about losing his love of hockey. And that accused the team and i don't know if he, i don't know if you want to call it accusation but he said we were okay with losing we got okay with losing and i wasn't okay with it i don't remember all the specifics but i believe it no no that's what he said oh well then that's 100 percent what he said i i have the statement well then and, damn. and so it, it's it's funny uh because that there's that very famous picture we're well, not very famous picture but it's making the rounds on uh twitter of Ryan O'Reilly scoring and the Buffalo fan flipping him off from mm-hmm. the first row. <laughs> I mean, hey, you paid for the seat. Yeah, right? you can do what you want. I Former guess. Sabre scores a hat trick in your building. Yeah, flip him off. It's it's something that <laughs> normally happens to the Leafs. Oh, all the time. That is not a thing that the Leafs do to other teams. It's a team thing that happens to the Leafs. Leafs trade guy. Guy goes on a tear against the Leafs. It's funny, though. It was, it was a very, um, you could tell it was a Leafs crowd. Because of how loud and raucous they were when they were up 5 nothing, And then they get scored on during the middle of the wave. And then oh. all of a sudden, it's a game at Scotiabank Arena again where it's just nervous energy. Right. People, well, there was a bit of a... Buffalo did make it interesting. Yeah, I think... I think because I, I saw there was a Connor McKenna tweet, and I like Connor a lot. Uh, he uh, does a lot of good radio stuff in Montreal. Um, he was talking about how quiet it is in Scotiabank Arena. And I think some fans from outside of this market mistake the quiet energy here for uh, boredom. Oh, no, it's not boredom. It's, it's just we're just a bit of a quieter city that way. No, it's nervous energy. You think that's, that's what it is? Oh, it's 100%. Just we've been tortured for years? Yeah, because everyone is laser focused. Like, dude, I'm not loud. I used to be one of those fans like, oh, you know, this, the building's so dead and you got to be louder. And then I pay attention to myself at games, and no, I'm like laser focused, and like all I'm I'm big uh, React guy. Whoa! Oh, I'm big React guy. Whoa! Yeah. But like I Pass, can't. But I by the I way can't chance. I'm paying attention to the game. And I'm, I'm te- really definitely sick, terrified. Really sick of media people, and it's only media people that do this, especially us. I'm I'm just sick of media people yelling, oh, or or saying, oh, if you yell at them to shoot, they'll definitely shoot. Fuck off! I'm going to the game. I'm telling. I'm yelling, shoot, man. Also, because I, I'm I because I get a different perspective than the the player does. 
and the player has a better perspective than I do. But what? from my what? shitty perspective in the stands, no, no, he's let him. Cook. I'm saying shoot. What has this turned into? Well, no, I, I get sick of that. I've heard. We I've grew heard up watching Thomas se- Caberlet. We're I've right. Heard, yeah, I've heard several people say that on TV, and I've seen them tweet it. I'm like, guys, knock it the fuck off. Yeah. What's wrong with being a fan? Yeah. And also, you know who's allowed to make fun of that? Andrew Ferentz, because he's the only one who's ever done it in a funny way. What did he do? He he did like a PSA where he was on an outdoor rink. He's like, hey, guys, you know, sometimes I have the puck and I just don't know what to do with it. And then you yell, shoot. And I'm like, that's a good idea. And then it, like, oh, it's, it's great. Man, I just I watched uh, I've, I've watched most of Welcome to Rex and I'm like. Man, if you think that's bad, you should you should just go to one one British soccer game, and it doesn't have to be EPL. It could be <laughs> League Two. It could be National League. It could be whatever you want. I posted a video on uh, Twitter years ago because I went to a, a Scottish soccer game mm-hmm. uh, between Aberdeen and Hearts, and I can't. <laughs> I kept trying to get a video of a goal, but it ended up being a nil nil draw, and so all I captured was. <laughs> A compilation of increasingly more angry Scottish people. (laughs) And they're just yelling at their own team, fuck off, (coughs) pesh. And I just can't imagine, like, every time Morgan Riley gets the puck or something like that. Oh, fuck fuck off. off! (laughs) Shoot. Piece of shit. I yeah. don't think Scotiabank Arena is the quietest place on earth. Like uh, when we were at the playoff game last oh, June, or May or whenever Game Seven was versus Tampa, it was a <sighs> rocking building. Crazy. Oh, it was yeah. awesome, Crazy. and uh, you weren't there, so don't. Say <laughs> <all that. laughs> I'm he's the like, stream. Oh. He's like me too, and I can't even hear it. <laughs> yeah, hey, you didn't get my to go. was rocking. You, you didn't get to hear go. the stream. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You know what's good though is uh, because of uh, the streams, I'm never gonna get to. Yep, it, it was awesome being there. Yeah, and it was a great atmosphere. I think the crowd shows up for games like that, and I think I think it's a long-standing trope that the Scotiabank Arena is very quiet at all times, and the suits are in the thing. But no. that that is occasionally. But I think that's gone away recently where fans are yelling more and they're more raucous. And flat out, the suits are the ones that pay for the outrageously large scouting and analytics departments that the Leafs have. And the high I've never class facility. Well, the high the high class facilities. I am not all that. Defending them. All that. Spo- <laughs> no, no, man. Listen, I I will take the suits if it means that we can have more expensive everything else. We can't have more expensive players, but we can have more expensive everything else, and they absolutely do. I'll take it. <laughs> we, you know where this is coming from? Where his season seats? I am. Ah! He's one of them. Is sushi and season six? Oh, I love a good Triple sushi S. hockey baby. Hey, oh, Adam yeah. Rich, but don't wild. say, but don't say. Okay, hey, Scotia Bay Arena, be louder, but don't say shoot. Okay, <laughs> be a fan the way. I, don't do the wave either. Be a fan the way I think you should be a fan. Be a fan exactly how I would do it to the letter. How I say you should Bart. do it. You're Art, a fan. Be a fan. Up. Adam, do you get like a vote on like how fans get to react? Now I, that you, you know, are as season, a season, season I get a, I actually yeah, get a yeah. one-on-one with Shani every year. Oh, wow. And he cool. tells me how brilliant my takes are and wow. how you guys all take me for granted. Wow. I especially like the take where you said, perhaps at the end of the season, I should be fired. <laughs> <laughs> that is something we said. <laughs> well, I think it all depends on the results. And I think that Shani and Dubas and all those guys know that. I think mm-hmm. that they wouldn't need us to tell them. Now, I oh, think they know. so. So with with the Buffalo game, the Leafs came out and just were ready. And oh and you made a really good point in your video, Steve, about Buffalo's goalie and his win loss record. You're like, wow, that's great. And then his his uh, I almost said ERA his uh, <laughs> save, percentage save percentage is wow. Well, heading into the game, he was 14. I think it was 14, seven and two with an 898. Wow. So now I reckon he'd be. 14, 8 and 2 with Jesse's about to look it up and I'm willing to bet it's lower. If <laughs> Buffalo gets average goal 894. Eight ninety four. I don't know who's a, I don't even know who's a UFA goalie yet, but if there's a Villy Huso next year, uh Buffalo is not just in the playoffs. They are they are pushing for top three. It's hard for them l- listen, it's very difficult for them to lure free agents there. Trade for Karel Vimalka, damn it. <laughs> Trade! It doesn't need to be now. And this is a very, uh, I think Arizona is easily going to be the most annoying uh, team this trade deadline mm-hmm. because all their biggest pieces, they don't have to move right now at all. 
right? They don't have to well, trade because they have all, all the draft picks you could ever want. Well, they have all the draft picks, and also these guys are under contract, right? So yeah. they don't have to trade. Somebody's got to play for them. Yeah, and Vimelka, I believe, was tended to by a trainer yesterday. I don't know if he came out of the game. Um, and Chikrin, same deal. God, they're going to be annoying. Jesse, if I I don't have my glasses on, but if that's who I think it is, I'm going to kick your butt. What What do you mean? Is that Hari Sateri? No, it's not Hari Sateri. Oh, okay. All I saw was a goalie in a <laughs> hilarious. No, because we always talk about the Buffalo Sabres the goalie like situation, how it's not good, but. It's just that it's not good at the right time because they have so many young, good goalies. Uka Pekka, who got lit up by uh, the the Leafs on Tuesday, yeah. he's a great young goalie. He's only 23, but he has great promise. And yeah. Devin Levi is in their system as well. Dude, and, that trade was like kind what of trade? a disaster. You have to say what trade. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm getting there. Okay. It was kind of a disaster for the Panthers. Ah. So, so the Sabres traded Sam Reinhart for... I want to say it was a first round pick and Devin Levi mm-hmm. who you can't win the lottery more than Florida did picking Devin Levi in the seventh round. Yep. Then he plays at the world juniors. Everyone knows who this kid is, this seventh round pick who had no business being on that team, let alone being successful. And then they traded him. Ooh. He he's probably top five goalie prospect in the world. Right I guess now. they thought they had Spencer oh, Knight, and you can't get rid of Bobrovsky. So what are you going to do? Right, but, but Sam Reinhart and, and when they gave it up, out when they gave up Devin Levi, they threw a first round pick as well. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> to Buffalo. So it's, it's like two first round yeah. picks at this point. When you uh, kind of average out where Devin Levi should have went, nothing against Sam Reinhart, but I think even he re- probably wouldn't make that trade. Yeah, well, but um, so their prospect pool looks good, and they have another guy. I I pulled up his name. I Linenen, uh, Linenen Topias. So I would say Topias Linenen. Yes, he he was drafted second round uh, this past draft. Who's also projected to be very good. But they're so they're babies. They're, they're literal babies. teenagers. You need, yeah. you need some experience. <laughs> they're yeah. literal teenagers, and they can't rely on them to be good now when yeah. Buffalo needs goaltending right now. That's they why don't I think Vimelka is great. Because it would be great for them. Anderson's the oldest player in the NHL, literally, and uh, Vimelka's <laughs> got two years left after this. What about and then a, you hand over the reins to Levi? What about another year of what about the one uh, last year of Matt Murray? Last hey, year. how about it? <laughs> How about it? Not that that contract, it's like, it's, it's, here's the thing. The Matt Murray contract's not a problem right now because he's LTIR. Apparently he's not done for the year. But if you go through next season with him playing another just 20 games, that it does present an issue. I mean, I know they've got wool and I know, I oh. feel like next year you want to keep Samson off. You want to have wool and you want to have the Matt Murray contract off the books. Oh, Adam, you're going to look so stupid when he wins a Smythe. Man, man, if he does, I want to look stupid, man. <laughs> yeah. Make me look yeah. stupid. That's the whole thing that, about that when we have these conversations, and we're like, oh, the Leafs are going to lose in the first round. We're not hoping that happens. Yeah. We're just no. saying it might, and it probably will. But like, we want to be wrong about that. When yeah. Bunting <laughs> controls his temper and then scores two goals... It's like, oh, gotcha. It's Dang like, it. Uh, I'm like, no, Bet you hooray. feel bad about that, stupid. When, yeah, when they lose, I'm like, or when they win, I'm like, ooh. Get, oh, ooh. I need the views. Ooh. All right. I, I said Listen. in my last LFR video, like, I know if they lose, I get more views, but I want them to win because I'm a fan and my channel has just been a 16-year cry for help. Yes. Like, I just, I, no. need, I need them to you win. You wish you were right about them being bad. No. <laughs> No, I'm what I when I talk about them being bad, I'm talking about how they could be good. I think you need to stop worrying about what anybody who says that. Yeah. I think is you saying. need to stop being so cute. You know, I'm telling you, man, I don't think you need to worry about that because I bet ninety nine point nine percent of your your viewers on LFR uh, feel some can 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 relate to some of or most of what you're saying. Anybody else who's saying that you're just doing it for views, fucking cry about it, babies. Honestly, like what. <laughs> Who the fuck? Yeah, honestly, like, (laughs) like, uh, there's, there's absolutely no proof that you, Steve, are anti-Leafs. So, 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 what are we talking about? Leave them alone. Ignore them. Ignore them. Ignore them. And so, um, so, so, back to the Buffalo game, though. The one thing you did mention, and and you know, just kind of like me with Chicago, I was internet mad, and then the next day I was like, okay, I'm all right, fine. (laughs) The only thing I was really, I'm still internet mad about is the way Michael Bunting's being treated by the refs. Part of it that is was so stupid. Part of it is Michael Bunting not working the system. Part of it is me being bitter about the fact that there's a system to work anyway. Yeah. But that's life, so you have to do it. I think you make a good point of when 
Samsonov probably still isn't feeling 100%. Who is? He looks after- terrible. The third period is, it's one of those things where you go, yeah. I just, can we not lock this down just a little bit? I, I got upset about uh, the bunting treatment in that game because it actually affected the game. If I'm not mistaken, it was 5-2. Mm-hmm. So it's unlikely Buffalo will come back, but it's possible. Like we've seen it, not just with the Leafs, we've seen it with other teams. And the Leafs have a power play. That should be a death sentence. Mm-hmm. I, and I remember being like, all right, six minutes ago, yeah, that, sh- that should be it. Game should be done. Then the Leafs are on the power play. Bunting is in a headlock. He's in a headlock. Then he shoves, uh, oh man, who was it? I'm trying to remember. Uh, Tyson Jost. Hmm. He shoves Tyson Jost to say, hey, fuck off, get off of me. Then the ref blows the play dead. And what do both guys get? Unsportsmanlike. Unsportsmanlike. Those are, that's made up. That is made up. But I got to put you away for something, so this is what I'm going to do. If you're going to make a call, like I saw some people say, how about just no call? I'd be more fine with no call to either of them than both of them going off because ignoring it is just something refs do all the time. Making calls up, what? Just do your job. Like, if anything, it's holding on Tyson Jost. Mm-hmm. And if you want, roughing, roughing on bunting. Yeah. Unsportsmanlike to both, do your job. Do your job. It's frustrating to me doing my job. Jesse does his job. Adam does his job. You do your job at home. Do your job. That's all you got to do. Look at Jost. He's fucking laughing. He's laughing at you. The Leafs should be up five on three right now with five minutes to go in the game. It's a death sentence, but you can't do it because (laughs) getting a five on three is impossible. Are the Leafs not the only team in the league to not have a five on three this season? They've never had a five on three? If That's I'm, crazy. If I'm not mistaken, I, uh, I, th- th- I don't even know I where want, you looked that up. I want to say like a month ago, someone brought that stat up and I don't recall them having one. Maybe. Well, Andrew Berkshire made a point. I was talking to him. It was either on game over. I can't remember because it was a fever dream because of the hot sauces. But but he, I was talking to him at one point about the Leafs in the last week. And he said that he said the, the problem that the Leafs have is that if they're not moving, they don't have the speed anymore to generate the type of things that usually cause a penalty. So they're they're not the least. If you look at the least, they're not an overly fast team. There are fast elements, yeah. but fast teams do generate more penalty calls in their favor because what happens when somebody gets turnstiled is they use their stick. Yeah, right? the Leafs don't play off of the rush as much as we perceive they would right. with their star power. Exactly, yeah. exactly that, Jesse. So. Um, uh, so I thought, I'm like, that's really interesting. But what we saw against Buffalo in the good moments in the real, and which was most of the game, yeah, oh yeah. we saw them moving when oh, they yeah. move, when their feet are moving, Bunting's talked about that in the, in the, uh, post game stuff too. When his feet are moving, he's getting the calls when they are, when their oh, feet yeah. are moving, they're getting the calls. And I think that that's going to have to be something that they really work. If they're going to play Tampa, they're going to have to really move. You know what? I need to, I know why. The, yeah. You know, because you're talking about the Leafs aren't moving their feet, and that's why they're not generating calls. I know why they're not generating calls. We don't have a solo cam, so I'll look right down the barrel of the Dude, Run over to Adams. Come on over. Because <laughs> we need to have a talk. Okay. Come on over. There you go. Leafs Nation. The next time we get a player like Bunting, okay, who draws a lot of penalties, right? Shut the fuck up. And I'm, I'm putting that on me, too. I need to shut the fuck up. We had Kadri. We bragged about how Kadri drew the most penalties in the league. And then what happened? The ref stopped calling anything. Shut the fuck up. Bunting leads the league and draws penalties. Shut the fuck up. Now they won't call anything. And then it started to happen with Joey Anderson. He's on waivers at the time we're recording this. I don't know where he's going to end up. But wherever he ends up, he's probably going to draw a lot of penalties. And when he does that, I need you to do me a favor, and I'm going to try to do the same. Shut the fuck up! When you point it out, they get they feel some type of way, and they stop calling penalties. Shut up! Thank you. Also, let me throw this out, here, out there. Leafs Nation, it's your fault Joey Anderson's on waivers today. Also, this David Bastel's head was in front of you that entire time. We're doing that segment. Did you put David? Oh. 
just like with the pinata. <laughs> He's joking. I'm joking. It's a joke. I hope you're joking. He's joking. He's joking. I don't know that. I don't know that for sure. And there was no candy. <laughs> um, okay, so that so, made me so sad. <laughs> we'll do another. But you know what? Maybe this is a good thing to do because we're. Um, we sort of, you know, I would expect Sam Sonov's going to be better once, you know, his body sorts itself out, which as we all know, when you get the poops, the poopa dupes, it takes like a week, you know, you got to flush it all out. You imagine oh. a professional athlete and how in tune they are with their body. I won't, I won't get too TMI, but the morning after, uh, my boat with Norwalk last year, I, it felt like my entire body was wrapped in cling wrap. Now go play 60 minutes on the ice because oh goalies don't sit either. I, I was cramping. The, yeah. the my calves I, you know those big morning stretches you do where uh, no just like everything sees and i'm like oh my god jesus so yeah uh with that said i think we should talk about we should talk about season. dehydrated you see we should talk about the trade deadline yeah so the sdpn is putting on its very first trade deadline show um so next friday we're going to be breaking down every single trade as it happens we're not going to do like a big block yeah, broadcast. I wouldn't call it a show at all. Oh, it's, a, it's just a bunch of videos. We're going to do a bunch of videos. And then what we're going to do is we're going to package all those videos together as one podcast and then make it available on audio as well if you want to listen the next day. So there, it will it will still be a show. We'll still do like a live element at some point, but we're not going to do like, you know, you know, everybody does like a huge eight yeah. hour extravaganza. Fuck we're not doing that. that. No, <laughs> we're going to break down each trade as it comes in. We're not going to break any trades because uh, unless Brendan Manel gets moved. He might. Uh, <laughs> Let me text him. And uh, I mean, sorry, I can't uh, disclose my sources. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's either Brendan Manel gets traded or Eric Lindros. Eric Lindros, yeah. Eric Lindros, you want to text him yeah. see if he's getting moves? You know, all right. This is So we're really excited because what will happen is essentially a trade will break. We'll do a quick recap and then we're going to upload it immediately. So if you're looking for trade, trade deadline coverage, we're going to have it. Um, and we're going to have a bunch of hot takes, I'm sure. I can't wait for the trade where it's like um, uh, Lafferty for a third rounder. That's going to be some hot content right off the press. But we're going to have all that stuff. And, and, and I think it's kind of exciting because this is the first trade deadline that the three of us have actually got the chance to work together. Right? You, you know, Jesse did one with Tim and Sid. Um, Steve, you've been doing, you've been working with Sportsnet forever on this stuff. We actually get to do it, the three of us this time. I'm very excited. seconds to shine. That's right. I am most excited for the John Klingberg to Winnipeg trade. I think it's going to happen. Yeah. I think it's going to happen. It's hot. hot, and you know what? Hot goss. <laughs> the, the, that's, Yo, that's the move. It's, it's, I, I like to call it Jeff Merrick Christmas because he's the guy that's got the, he's got the Klingberg. Oh, he's yeah. got the Klingberg on lock. If you want John Klingberg news, Jeff's got, Jeff's clearly got multiple sources in that, in there. And and I think it's going to happen. The trade mm-hmm. could work, uh, but but like you got Josh Morrissey. Where did so? Man. I guess he's. PP2? You know what sucks is is other defensemen. Yeah. Yeah. Bummer. I don't think you bring John. <laughs> no. In all seriousness, though, you don't. You bring in John Klingberg because Josh Morrissey could get targeted. Right. You could have him go down an injury. That's true. And That's John true. Klingberg relieves a little bit of that. If you never use him on the power play, who cares? It's it's salary cap free. Right. The playoffs are not where a salary cap exists. You care about John Klingberg because he moves the puck. Hmm. He can help you with zone exits. And if, if Morrissey goes down or needs a day or is injured or needs less ice time or whatever, then you got John Klingberg. You know what? You sold me. I don't know. That just seems like an easy one. And he seems like the forgotten man in terms of defensemen. He's not. Listen, he's not. Maybe he's not seven times seven like he would have been a couple summers ago. But he's still a really good hockey player on a dog shit depressing team. Dude, the, du- the Ducks are appalling. They're terrible. Yeah, no. They're and Troy Terry's been out for like two weeks now, and I don't know when he's coming back, like on the timeline, and they've been worse. Yeah. Shit. Um, okay. They, they have 17 wins. The win loss in the last 10, actually, I don't think it's too bad, right? So wait, they have 17 wins, but three of them are in the shootout, which means they have 14 wins. What's the win loss in the last 10? Uh, in their last 10, they're 3, 5, and 2. Okay. Which is probably better than their yeah. season average. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> like, <laughs> Chicago's won four straight, and they are fucking this up. They should have given Patty Kane that uh, slap shot at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I, you guys saw that. But I did. They should have. So, okay. It, it didn't go in. Like, it didn't be the buzzer. Okay, so on the replay, it didn't. But on the main broadcast feed, it for sure did. So the <laughs> so. the broadcast shot clock and the in arena time are not synced up one to one. They 
maybe should be. I don't know how accurate you can get with that, <laughs> with just with technology. You I know? guess they there's, were literally 0.1 seconds. Yeah, off. and if you if there's a picture in it, the green light is on. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the official. It's time yeah. has expired, and the puck's not. It, and that's the puck's not in yet. That's not manual. That's not someone no. being like, "Whoop, the time's done." That's yeah. that's a computer, but or whatever. If life is fair, he gets that OT winner. Yeah, like <laughs> what I said in the the Dangits video I recorded last night. I was like, "What if it counted because it's cool?" Right. <laughs> <laughs> what about this is entertainment? Have we and considered that. We just bend the yeah. rules once for a point that hey, doesn't listen, matter. We bend the rules all the time for the refs. Why can't yeah. we bend them our way? Yeah. Like, listen, I know Vegas needs the points and shit. But what if it's cool and just allow it? Because yeah. it's kind of neat. You know what? And it wouldn't have happened had Vegas traded for Kane already like they're supposed to. Exactly. Man. We'll talk about it after Dave. I think since Chicago won in the shootout, so they won the game, they got the point anyways, right? Yeah. So you go back and you retroactively make that goal count. Oh. Now that we know that they would have won anyways, we say the shootout never happened, and then the Patty Kane goal gets to count. I'm sold. That is pretty darn cool. I'm sold. I like, like me that. commissioner. Jesse, I actually, you know what? I would make you commissioner before I'd make you GM of my team. Oh, that's... <laughs> Whoa now. Whoa now. Whoa. Wow. No wonder he hasn't won a cup. Whoa. <laughs> you wait. You wait. When Billy Uso stonewalls the Boston Bruins in the first round of the playoffs, and he takes them the second round all by himself. Question. Before mm. we get into Dave, and we're getting to Dave in just a second. I want to. I want to know: Is it possible to do a multiple GM mode in NHL? No. Uh, what do you mean? Because that would be sick. Connected wouldn't it, GM. Wouldn't it be fun if you could all three of you could GM a league? Oh. They don't have. I'm pretty sure they don't have online GM. Wouldn't that be sick in NHL? Do so. that, and you could be like tier one GM. <laughs> what? Right. Online franchise. Because like you know, in, in Formula One, they actually for for Formula Two, they hired a guy who was a video game streamer because he was so good at driving because of the, the because the the um, the test stickers are so good. Yeah. Like the, um, what do they call them? Uh, the simulations are so good right. that they, they, that a team hired him and put him in, put him in the cockpit. Did it work? I, I think they're working. I think it's going to be for this season. That's ridiculous. It's pretty cool, right? And I mean, the, the, that's what sim work is a lot of what drivers do. Now there's G-forces and all that stuff associated. But imagine an NHL team found like a, a, a potential assistant GM based on how good they did at NHL 23. Unthinkable. Red Dead. Red Dead. Yeah. Send me back to 1899. <laughs> so, and I'll eat nothing but beans. EA has not, there's no connected franchise mode in NHL 23, but there is in Madden and MLB the show. Listen, so we they, don't do that. I don't know if they like us that much, um, but NHL, if you're listening, I just want to do connected GM with my boys. I think that would be fun. I just want to help. Just simply want to help. Let's get into Dave. You can bet that with David Bastel. Brought to you by Sports Interaction. Get in the action and make a play. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Trade deadline coming up. And of course, you can always, always make bets on uh, Sports Interaction's website uh, or on their app, which you can download in the QR code right here in the corner. Um, And this one's great. I love this because um, there are two teams that are really in on Luke Shen. Both of them are former teams. Dave, there is a bet on where Luke Shen ends up. What do we got? Yeah, you know what? Uh, Earlier today, Adam, we we added about four or five new players to that list uh, under NHL props. And Luke Shen is today's topic, of course. Former Maple Leaf, first-round draft pick, as you guys know, back in 2008. And yeah, they're, they're in the hunt. The Leafs and the Lightning apparently in the hunt for a depth defenseman. And I don't know about you guys, but that's kind of the definition of a Luke Shen right now. I don't know if you want him in the lineup every single night, but as a depth defenseman, uh, not not a bad flyer. You know what you have in Luke Shen. I think I he think, wasn't a bad flyer. Ah, hey. No, hey, I see what you did there. Ooh. He also, you know, played in Tampa and I believe won a cup there. And yep, I think he sure did. So the thing with Luke Shen is it's I, you said this, I think. Was it you that said this? I heard somebody say this. Is and it I thought clever? It, yes. it is. It is really clever because it's not. It's not about the Leafs not being bullied. It's about them right. bullying other teams a little bit. Yeah, right? softening them up, like making it so that 
come game five, game six, game seven, they're at least a little sore. You want to be, yeah. you want to suck to play again. You yeah. have to tenderize the meat. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And age it. Yeah. Um, so uh, we got. So, okay. Let me, let me ask you guys this then. Okay. So you, you would be comfortable with Luke Shen in your top six? Yes. Yeah, I would. Bottom yeah. two. Bottom two. I, th I think you <laughs> described it one? perfectly. Uh, bottom two, probably not every night. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it depends too, like, are you home or away? Did you win the last game? All that sort of stuff. But I, I watched Luke Shen at the Borea Salman game where Borea actually came out the last time he was uh, at, the, uh, at yes. the arena. And it was against Vancouver. And, you know, the, the Canucks sucked. There's no question. And the Leafs dominated <laughs> them. But Luke Shen was out there every, every shift throwing hits. And it's just, and maybe he's not a perfect, like, defenseman, but it sucks to play against a guy like that. You just hate that. So as long as you're not overpaying for a guy like that, and he's like, you know, you get him on 50% retained, so he's making 350 grand against the cap. Who cares? Uh, also, I have him on my fantasy team, and he's been sitting out for trade-related reasons, and I need him back in my life. <laughs> so this trade needs to happen pronto. So here's the funny thing, Dave, because you're, you love this. Tampa yep. Bay is the best odds right now at four. Leafs at 4-2-4. Who's third, guys? Mm, the Canucks. No. He Jets. stays there. No. Jets. Not Jets, although you would expect Dave. <laughs> Tell him, Dave. No, no, no. The Boston Bruins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> apparently, he's going to one division only. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. not sure no. which one. <laughs> Florida, Buffalo, Ottawa. Yeah. Um, uh, the last, the, the next one I love because the odds are goofy. Tell us about this uh, Ryan O'Reilly prop. Yeah, fresh off is Patrick against the Buffalo Sabres. Will he do it again? A hundred to one odds, O'Reilly, Patrick against the Minnesota Wild. Now, I watch a lot of Minnesota Wild games, and I'm not saying they've packed in their season because they still have a chance, but this is not the same Minnesota Wild team we've seen kind of building the last couple of years where I thought there'd be a lot of potential here. Um, does he does he score a hat trick or more against Minnesota? 100 to 1 odds. And it's oh. against it, you know, he he did it to the Sabres, um yep. his former team, the Minnesota Wild also his former team. Um they uh uh you guys forget that because he was he had to pass through Minnesota to get to Toronto. Oh, yeah. So he is that's a former no, Minnesota Wild. That's yes, not it how is. it works. Yes, it is. No. So he's going to remember him putting the three on three you do the trade call at once. No. It doesn't actually go through the, the he teams. Did. It's Robin Leonard is a former Leaf goalie. No. It's true. Yeah. And and Ryan O'Reilly is a former <laughs> Wild player. He might have been nice to keep too. Yeah, he would have been great. He would have been great. Yeah, Nick Foligno, former Shark. Yeah, exactly. That's not how it works. So I'm taking this one. 100%. 100 to 1? 100 to 1? Yes! I'm, putting, I'm $2 Steven it, man. Absolutely. Dude, when you first said it, I'm like, that's stupid. No way. And then you said 100 to 1, and I'm like, you have my attention. <laughs> <laughs> 10 bucks into 1,000? Okay, $10. Two <laughs> bucks. What's the two bucks? <laughs> two Stick to the toonie. Stick to the toonie. Walk out with your 200. That's right. That's right. Dave, thanks so much. And of course, we're going to have tons of trade deadline props that you can take advantage of. Sportsinteraction.com. Essentially, the whole thing is we want Sports Interaction to be the place that you go for, for bets for hockey. Like this is going to be going into trade deadline, the best place to find the most odds. Uh, you can download the app, uh, sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN and follow him on Twitter. He's Dave Bastel. And yes, he will tweet about the Winnipeg Jets. Occasionally. <laughs> okay, so the place to be right now on the internet, the place to be is Sen's Twitter. Yeah? The Zoob, uh, the Art, the Zoob's cast, which I believe is Artem, like a play on Artem Zoob. Uh, or Zub? Zubcast? Is it Zub or Zub? Who cares? It doesn't matter. Anyway, they <laughs> tweeted something out today and I thought it was Great. hilarious. <laughs> they were talking about how Arizona traded for Shea Weber's deal yesterday uh, and uh, Dyson Mayo, which are two things you pick up at the grocery store. Uh, was also yes. part of that deal. But one of the one of the big ones. Right, exactly. Right, where they would sell... It's Costco. Yes. If you're going to Costco, Dyson and, 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 and Mayo. Why not? There's a nickname. Now, Arizona traded for Shea Weber's contract. Why? You might be asking, why? Why? Well, it's probably so that they'll have enough money to hit the cap floor when they trade Jake Schaefer. Jake Schaefer. And this is, you know, like, listen, everybody gets mad about Tampa Bay being, you know, 20 million over. We're never upset about Arizona being like 20 million under, but here we are. Uh, I'm a little bit. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little I'm a little big mad about it. I, actually, I don't care. Uh, but the Zubcast and I was saying uh, 
the the Ottawa then so Arizona makes that trade with Vegas. Okay, yes. Ottawa then makes a trade that moved Nikita Zaitsev and his four million dollars, four and a half million dollars. That contract is still going to the Chicago. We're also shit Blackhawks, and but currently hot for no reason. So Ottawa Senators fans are rightly kind of excited because you got two teams who have been linked together for over a year over a certain defenseman that Ottawa desperately needs. Ottawa finally moves out the space that they needed to, and they needed to move on from Nikita Zaitsev. And he's had a bad time there. And, and I, I know that they're not, apparently management's not thrilled about DJ Smith constantly deploying him as their top right wing or right-handed defenseman. Um, and, and I don't know how you could feel any other way about it. Man, I don't get it. Um, and, and then, of course, the fact is that Ottawa and Jake Chikrin have been linked forever. Ooh. Now, there's nothing from the insiders right now on Ottawa actually being in on it. But Sen's yeah. Twitter is ablaze. And the other thing that they're bringing up, and I see Brian Five or Six especially leading this charge, is, well, if we can get Chikrin, why don't we just bring Carlson back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would, it would make be his cool. life. It would make his life. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest problem with Carlson is he makes uh, money. Um, the senators seem more willing to spend money. They now. do mm -hmm. now. So I was just looking at um, Zaitsev. Like holy mackerel, um, that it's bad. Contracts a nightmare. No, but also so seven years. In seven years, but Chicago's getting him uh, two million dollars of his salary has already been paid this year in the form of a bonus. But on July first, they got to give him another two million dollars. And then give him a $2.5 million salary. Is it the worst contract Lou Lamorello ever signed? <clears throat> I mean, I feel like the Kovalchuk one should get it on principle, but he also got a Stanley like Cup final out of that. So, But the and Kovalchuk then, one was at least value. And also got punished. And then the NHL went, ah, you're not punished. So, <laughs> like, it, at least Kovalchuk like, scored goals and shit. Steve, your theory about GMs only talking to other GMs who they always talk to is so true with this deal. It's not like, a theory. It's what Doug Armstrong said. And I just went, let's see if it's true. Yep. And then I ran the numbers. So it's Pierre true. Dorian just calls up Kyle Davidson every couple of weeks and they just chat and then they make a deal because the Debrinkat trade, like that's what happened. It was a first and a second that went to, mm -hmm. to Chicago and then now another second's going. So in the past, like what, 10 months? Pierre Dorian has given Kyle Davidson a first and two seconds. Like, how does this work? <laughs> like when Bill Armstrong calls Pierre Dorian, he's like, hey, this is Bill Armstrong. And Pierre goes, who? Like, is it, uh, do yeah. your job <laughs> for the second these. time in the show and begging people to do their job. <laughs> I only know these GMs. Dude, so I was talking to a Sens fan about this Zaitsev deal and in a vacuum, it's awful. No, uh, it, it makes sense. No, when, no, in a vacuum. Okay, okay. In a vacuum because you're... You're giving up, what was it, a second and a fourth? Yeah. Or whatever. They basically, all the sweeteners the Sens got from the Leafs to take the contract in the first place, they have had to give up to get rid of it. Second they had to get yeah. Connor Brown, a second rounder, Zaitsev himself, all of it. Um, unless you count Michael Carcone, mm. who was in that deal, if I remember correctly. But it's, to me, it's such a bizarre deal in a vacuum that it's obvious something else is coming, right? What do they do? Are they loading up? Like, and for what? It's obviously, I would say it's obviously for next year, but they're like also alarmingly close to a playoff spot. No, I think that's, I think people are missing the boat in that they think something's happening imminent, but this is a move to free up for the um, off season. The Brinkat deal that has to happen this offseason. He's yep. an RFA. Um, Timmy Stutes is about to go from making 900 grand to $8 million. You have to find a way to fit <laughs> wow. that into the cap. And then also, they love their Tra Travis Hamanick, who needs a new deal as no, well. He no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't need back. a new deal. Also, no, he doesn't. No. Artem Zub, the Zub cast, he's, he's doubling his salary from 2.5 to 4.6. So right. Pierre Dorian's kind of looking down the road and saying, we need to get rid of Zaitsev. We need to free up this $4.5 million because we have a whole bunch of contracts that are coming in a couple months. Well, Haley Salvian, uh, who obviously spent a significant Boo! amount of time in, in Ottawa, no, she's tweeted great. yesterday with all, the, all those contracts even uh, signed and, and all the raises coming that the Sens will have something like $20 million come oh free agency. God. So go buy. you're a serious player at that point. Oh, so yeah. in theory, uh, they could do Chikrin yeah. and still have $16 million. And just like we were talking about um, with the Blues last episode, 
Go out and do Meyer as well. What if the <laughs> Sens just blow all our minds and in 12 months acquire Alex DeBrincat, Timo Meyer, and Jacob Chikrin? Claude well, Giroux. And, if you can and Claude keep, Giroux, yeah. If you can keep Stutzla and Norris healthy, you've got pretty good centers there. You probably need a third center. I think they're, they're, they'll be at the point eventually they're going to need a third center. Or Ridley Grigg uh, takes a step. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Shane Pinto. Shane Pinto. The Pintuck. Well, the problem is uh, when it comes to these players, you're going to have to you gotta give something to get something, mm-hmm. right? So if you're <laughs> acquiring one or both of those players, I mean, you do your damnedest to make it just picks. The problem with picks as the rebuilding team is you're really committing to being shit for a while. Also, Jesse's brought up the Sens page. How do they do that? In terms of their picks? Yeah. So this team, odds are they don't make the playoffs. They have their first. That's the most important thing. They don't have a second. They don't have a third. And then next year, they have a first. Two seconds. That's good, but no third. I don't know. What are you up to, Ottawa? I can't get a read on you. And they also have the Dubas special of three seventh round picks this year. He loves a seventh round pick. Loves it. Can't get enough of it. Lottery ticket. It's fun. I bet a seventh round pick is just a fun draft pick. Mm -hmm. No one expects you to win, but if you do, you look like a freaking genius. It's a no lose pick. Freaking genius. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm curious about Ottawa. Obviously they, you know, Josh Norris going down early sucks. Um, uh, you know, you didn't have, you don't have the depth with Foreman gone. Um, and, uh, you know, you've got, not that he's the entire depth, but you know what I'm saying, right? There's some pieces that they could have signed that they didn't uh, for reasons unknown. The Anton Forsberg injury. Yeah. That was real tough. The Cam Talbot trade where you traded the better goalie for the worst goalie, which I did say last year. Thought it was a shit trade then. Still do. Thank you. I, I don't know why, like, because his numbers weren't, Wonderful, but every time I watch Philip Gustafson, I was like, "This is a talented goalie, and yeah. he's doing pretty good." Wow, in Minnesota. crazy! A goalie on a shit team had shit numbers. That's wild, wild. Um. Anyway, well, it is wild. You see, because yeah, yeah Minnesota. It's, it's Minnesota, home of Ryan O'Reilly. Yes, uh, former uh, former Minnesota wild. great Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly. That's not how it that works. is how it works. That's yes. not how it works. They do the three GMs do the trade call at the same time, which means he has to pass through Minnesota. No, His contract means, passes that through the wild happens, system. It happens concurrently, Where and no the, one the contract no one passes through anything. They both happen simultaneously. Oh, don't worry, he's right here. Here, it's Gary to tell you you're wrong. As a general, <laughs> as a general manager in the National Hockey League, I understand that there are misconceptions about how these trades work. Mm. But it is not that one trade happens and then the next trade happens. No, we're all together on the phone, mm. the NHL trade office. They happen simultaneously. And nobody Yes, can... but the contract still has to pass through it the doesn't, team that's it doesn't retaining. Pass through. It, it goes to. No, it goes directly to. No, because yes. it has to go through <laughs> one door to go to the <laughs> no, next door. A team has to have the contract on its books yes. to retain on it. Yeah, they they take that directly from that's that. That's not how the, that works. Yes, it no, because no. the trades happen simultaneously. Even if it's a high five, he's still a member no. of the wild no, organization for a not, split no, second. No. Tell me I'm wrong. I am. I am directly telling you no. that is the Come section back me up on this one you guys are always really good to me yeah but they you can say that <laughs> you can say that but it doesn't make it true <laughs> it is that true jesse right. it's true Whoa. you know what we're gonna have a capologist on one of these days so they can explain how this fucking thing works and i want to ask them that question a real no that's just this, should we get that's how the trade calls they ever let teams. lawrence gilman do an, an interview and just be like lawrence tell us about the cap fucking no Okay. Also, you're looking for Brandon Pridham. Oh, and yeah. also fucking. No. Also, we're not talking about the cap. We're talking about our trade call. But that's part of the cap, Adam. It's we not, have an NHL GM right here. But it's, it's retained against the cap, Jesse. Yeah, but you're focusing on the retaining number. I'm telling you how our trade call works. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you ask Steve Eiserman about this? I should have. On Asian Provocateur with the actual Steve Eiserman, even though everybody thought it was Bill Clinton when I tweeted it out. I thought I texted Jesse. I'm like Jesse. <laughs> Okay, Jesse, I want I want to have Okay, so there's this really famous clip of Bill Clinton saying, uh, congratulations to the Detroit Red Wings, uh, 1997 Stanley Cup champions, blah, blah, blah. And he he looks at he's like a general manager, Ken Holland, and and they it, the Illich family, and uh 
Captain Steve Yazerman. Yazerman. Uh, and, and I thought that that was a clip that everybody knew. So I tweeted it out. And then freaking everybody's like, so you got Bill Clinton on Agent Provocateur? I'm like, you wise ass. And then Jesse retweets and goes, it's true. Bill Clinton will be on Agent Provocateur. <laughs> I'll, here's, play, I'll here's play your stupid play Bill clip. Clinton It's a good clip. I don't know if Here it is. Good clip. Here it is. Great clip. Uh, to the team captain, Steve Azerman and uh, all the Red Wings. <laughs> to... Uh, <laughs> and then there's such an awkward pause, yeah. and and there there is people in the in the audience that laugh, yeah. like outwardly. So it, well, you tweeted he, that and he, said, "This guy's coming on the show," and everyone went, "What?" Yeah, and, I, and then it was weird. We were featured on Tucker Carlson last night. It's crazy. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's a uh, it, wild. It's a uh, it's a great interview though. Steve Eisenman was uh, just like um, uh, just like other general managers can be silent mm. can be difficult to ask questions of and he came on and he was awesome did he give you any one word answers no but he's known for that mm. like uh like armstrong in st louis known for that and we had him on and he chatted and i think it's because we weren't asking about like the trade deadline or like who are you gonna trade stevie like i'm not gonna sit there and ask him that and alan is for sure not gonna sit there and ask him that because that's not what that show is. It's not that you've had three GMs on. It's that it's like you and Alan are on a mission to get only the most guarded GMs on. Like Ron Hextall, Doug Armstrong, Steve Eiserman. Get Lou next. Oh man, you want to talk about get him. You want to talk about a guest that I would abs- I would just I would him. do backflips for. It's easy. It's just, easy to get Lou. Yeah, just get him. It's easy. It's not easy to get Lou. And only ask him about like. The Zaitsev contract. <laughs> and like the Kovalchuk contract. How did you get out of being punished How after you, you were yeah. punished? How did you retroactively get off the hook? We're not going to get that. So people people are like, you know, sometimes when we do that, it's like, how come we don't ask these GMs about trades all the time? And actually, uh, Stevie does talk about trades, does talk about negotiation. Alan asked him about his opinion on analytics, too. And I think he, ma- he gives a really interesting answer on the analytics thing because it's not, he's not one of those like analytics deniers people, but he does talk about the, <laughs> well, he's not. Analytics is truther? That, truther, yeah. Is that a, is that a subsection? Is well, I mean, it, it sort of is, but uh, for some people. But, it's very, in but, 2023, it's gone the full loop. He's funny. He's talk, he does talk about like the value of it and the advancements in it. And, and what we're figuring out is because, you know, back in the day, it was like Corsi and Fenwick were the thing. And now teams don't pay attention to Corsi and Fenwick anymore. They got more advanced, more probably drilled down stats that they're looking at. Did you try to catch him off guard with anything? No. So, Steve, you got any plans for the week? Are you treating Bertuzzi? <laughs> Where's the Larkin deal? <laughs> um, he did mention Dylan Larkin. He does mention the, you know, Jonathan Druin in Tampa. Um, and I also really like that there was a celebrity in there. And you'll, I'm, I'm going to, this is my tease. There's a celebrity in there that he loves that he was at the same event as and was too afraid to introduce himself. And I thought, Steve Eiserman is too afraid to do anything? Like, like th- 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 not a guy that you would expect to be filled with fear, but... Uh, Can I play the analyst clip? Yeah, sure, play it. All right, right. here's Stevie Y on Asia Provocateur. Sorry, Jesse, who is uh, this? <laughs> Steve Eiserman. <laughs> What's your general philosophy and overview on analytics right now? You know, I'm reading a book right now called The MVP Machine. You might have read it. So based on analytics in baseball or in baseball and you know the way they play uh, the way their teams were constructed and it's really really interesting when i first got to tampa again they had a small analytics department and really interesting guys and that was all new to me and i kind of picked their brain on it and it was just really at the infant infant stages of of it a lot has changed in the the last 10 to 12 years I still think hockey is in the infant stages of analytics. I think we're all still trying to figure out what's really important, what what has value, what doesn't have value. And it takes time to look back. You know, we, there's some statistics that have names that have been created based on shots on goal and things like that. They were all the rage a few years ago, uh, maybe not as much for teams now. So I think we're all trying to figure out how to use it. But the simple basics of I think in the business world, they've been looking at things uh, data-wise, analytics-wise forever, whether it be contracts, player production, and things. Or, uh, uh, in hockey, now we've started in sports, started to take all that data and just look at it subjectively uh, without even, or like factually, as, as opposed to just watching the game and 
predicting this player is going to score this or that and uh, or he's worth this or that. You, you look at a lot of the data from on everything and it's being applied to hockey now. But I really do think based on what I've seen in baseball and what they're doing and some of the other sports, uh, we're still trying to figure out what's got value. That's really what I think. And it's but I do think it's important to, you know, we look with our eyes and our experience and all that. You look at it from an analytic perspective, it forces you to reevaluate. What does the data tell us? Um, does, is it supporting what we're saying? Is it contradicting what we're seeing? And if so, why? But I, you know, again, uh, hockey is the NHL is getting in. We got the uh, puck tracking and player tracking on the ice. You know, maybe some teams are way ahead. We're still trying to figure out what it what it's telling us, you know. Now, based on how the rebuild is going, I would imagine that they're doing pretty darn well. Uh, but I just, it's pretty cool. It was, I sat down and somebody actually in the comment section is like, Adam, did you ever think you'd interview Stevie Eiserman in your, or in your, uh, track pants? And I said, that's, yeah. How did you know? How did they know? You're wearing your Rachel's Raiders jersey. (laughs) Yeah. How did they know you were wearing track pants? Well, because I'm always wearing track pants. It's my house. (laughs) But I I do, I did want to say. basement is minus five Celsius. Lululemon's bare feet. It's well, it's because cold is funny, guys. That's the thing. Cold is funny. Yeah, no, also, you're, every comedy club you'll walk into, it's cold. It's also yeah, a but, little colder than it should be. No, yeah, man. <laughs> cold is funny. Like you see Jesse and I like freaking. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they're always wearing sweaters here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, middle of summer, I got a hoodie on. Yeah, because we got it. Cold is funny. <laughs> uh, but and it, long story short, I thought it was it was just pretty cool to just sit there, and I I sat down and I thought, man. And this is just a, a weird moment, but I'm like, how lucky am I to sit here? And most of it, Alan's, Alan and him have a relationship. So I'm like, I'm just going to jump in with a couple questions here and there. Like I asked him about his Spotify, like gym workout playlist. Um, <laughs> and I got to say, like, I just, it, it was just fun to sit there and listen. It took me back to my childhood because uh, when the Red Wings dynasty was kicking off uh, of the 90s, that's when the Leafs were kind of ass. Oh. And also... That was right around the time Chris Draper visited the classroom. That's right. right? So there was like a a few years where I was like as much a Red Wings fan as a Leafs fan. Everybody was a sort of Red Wings fan uh, in Southern Ontario at that point. Everyone. I had a little uh, Osgood figurine doll. That oh I yeah, play with yeah, a little goalie, and I used to take off his mask and be like, "Oh, his mask fell off, and he's still saving pucks." Uh, <laughs> I love you, that. Like, you were that kid. Ah, yeah, what a saver of us. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel I don't I don't know how it happened. I guess because they were so dominant, but yeah, everybody in Southern Ontario was a Red Wings fan I, for a little. I had the V well because they were winning. I had yeah. the VHS of their first Stanley Cup run uh, with. You know, it was like Konstantinov was interviewed in it before the car accident. It's a great story. Uh, uh, it is. It is. And it like, I remember one thing about like Stevie Eiserman, I guess, um, after one of their games against Colorado in the Western Conference final, Chris Draper says like, listen, Stevie came in. He wasn't happy with us. He didn't yell. He didn't scream. He just kind of, he said he gave us a bit of a talk, which you would expect was a pretty serious talk, given what you know about Steve Eiserman and the fact that he was an intense guy. And uh, they went out there and won the game in the third period. It's just, I don't know. You could feel, uh, and Jesse, you recorded the whole thing. With Stevie, you could feel like, this guy fucking knows this game. Mm-hmm. Inside oh of God. it. Seventh yeah. all-time NHL scoring. Yeah. yeah. And you realize why Tampa built such a great organization. Yeah. And then Detroit's like on their way to getting to where Tampa is now. Like you can see just his how his brain works in hockey and how he just knows everything. Yep. You know, within the game. It's yep. it's a it's a great watch. Absolutely. Uh, highly recommend it for everybody. Go check it out on uh your favorite podcast feed, Agent Provocateur. That's right. Subscribe. Give it five likes. Now before we get into the press conference here, we got a short press <laughs> conference ahead. I want to talk about somebody named Nathan Warner. Who tweet? Who uh, Instagram DMs me? Okay. Hey Adam, I just listened to the end of the Monday pod where you guys were talking about Toronto's history. I have a degree in Toronto's regional historical planning. How the frig do you get a degree in that? Because we know nothing, by the way, about Toronto's history. Nobody in Toronto knows anything about Toronto history except for Nathan. Um, he's like, I currently work for a city councilor in Midtown. Here are some facts if you ever want to do a Toronto history corner. So I'm just going to throw this at you. Mm-hmm. So this blew my mind. The first one. Maple Leaf Gardens, how long did it take to build Maple Leaf Gardens? How long would you expect? Like, you see how quick, how long it takes condo buildings to go up. Maple Leaf Gardens is no joke. And with 1920s technology. Five years. Five I think years. it was five years, yeah. 167 days. What? what? <laughs> they built it in a summer? It took 167 days to build Maple Leaf Gardens with the groundbreaking March 1931, and it was ready for the lease 
season opener in October of that year, he said, which is insane given the scope of the project. What, what the fuck? Isn't yeah, but crazy? also it was in the 1920s, so it was probably like an army of like 13-year-olds getting paid three cents For sure. a day. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I we've talked about this on the show before. He said, Harold Ballard actually turned off the water fountains during the Beatles' first performance at mm-hmm. Maple Leaf Gardens, so the fans were forced to buy water and actually fountain drinks as well. Ballard also put in a very, very fine print that the Beatles had to play a second show, mm-hmm. despite the Beatles having a show booked the next day in the Montreal Forum. So they did play back to back on the same day. And they, they talked about walking away from the contract, but John Lennon apparently said to them, um, listen, guys, we've been doing this in Liverpool for years. It was like 1964. They just become a, just gotten out of being a club band. He's like, we can handle this. So they did. Wow. Uh, Davenport Road is one of the oldest pre-colonial roads in Toronto with its use dating back to 3400 BCE. It was mainly used as a portage trail between the Don and Humber rivers by indigenous communities in the area. In true British colonial fashion, the government took over and installed toll booths in the early 19th century because there was so much traffic on the road. Um, And uh, one of the five toll booths actually still exists at Bathurst and Davenport today. Oh, wow! And he said, re the Portlands, because we were talking about the redevelopment, yeah, right? Yeah. Jesse, you brought that up. They're actually completely repositioning the mouth of the Don River so that the south running water doesn't hit a 90 degree angle when it when it uh, mm. uh, when it hits the water mm-hmm. and cause flooding. Uh, it's a huge step towards climate resiliency. The river uh, and surrounding park will most likely be done by summer 2024 with the planned community being completed by the end of the decade sooner than you think. That's all for me. Love the show. Wow. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's awesome. Now that's somebody that knows their city. Hi, I know exactly what you're talking about, and here's exactly what you wanted to know. Like, what are the odds? <laughs> there are times. What are the odds? There are times we talk about stuff on this show. Like, we'll talk about, like, a video game, and somebody will be like, hey, I was a writer on that video game. Or we'll talk about, you know, uh, a country, and somebody's like, oh, oh Malta? I'm from there. Yeah. And I live there currently and listen to your show. It, it's, it does blow us away. Um who listens to this show? So thank you so much for sending that stuff. And I just thought you guys would find that cool. That's mm-hmm. unreal. Let's That's do the, awesome. Do the press conference. Hey, if you think you know which way it's going to go, and maybe you think you do, maybe you're like Jesse, and you're like, Ryan O'Reilly is going to be a leaf. And we're like, Jesse, what do you know? You did sort of you nail did. that. Well, I, wish I, I wish I bet on it. I don't like that stuff. Yeah, you can. I don't, I don't like put, that at all. That is a weird thing. Anyway, you can, like put, you, can, you can lay down your knowledge. Sports interaction Pre-game, live and play, one of the many prop bets. And of course, there's trade deadline stuff. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. If you want to bet, see all that sports betting has to offer. SportsInteraction.com slash STPN. Uh, or in Ontario, you can download the app uh, using the QR code on your screen. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. The Presser SDP. The Steve Dangle Press Conference. I often tell Adam Wilde, hey, I want to bring something up on the show. And then he forgets. Oh, so then I bring it up. Oh, in, the Jets thing. And then sorry. I bring it up in the press I'm conference. Sorry, Jess. So you, we we get to it eventually. Big oh. idiot. It's just uh, oh. it happens uh, when we do the press. Go conference. ahead. Sorry, buddy. What do you got? All right. So this one is from Rob uh, Plumzer. Okay. Rob tweeted me a very interesting thing that happened over the weekend. By the way, that feels like a name that Jesse made up. Rob uh, Plumzer. No, Rob Plumzer. Every day. i wanted to say plumber so then that's why it took me a second oh um so rob rob tweeted me something very interesting about the jets and josh morrissey Mm -hmm. there i got it here now josh morrissey over the weekend broke the record for points in a season by a defenseman for the jets for the winnipeg jets yep it's time to get mad steve knows where this is going josh morrissey Broke the record by having 56 points in a season. I would have thought Phil Housley would have had more. Yeah, it would have been crazy. Would have been crazy if Phil Housley had that record. Uh, Josh Morrissey broke Dustin Bufflin, who had the record for the Winnipeg Jets. He had 56 points. Oh, I know what's going Uh, on Dustin Bufflin also had 53 a couple times. Uh, Jacob Truba had 50, you know. Because the Phil Housley record is where, Jesse? The Phil Housley record that you're talking about of 97 points in a season that he did, he broke the record with Top the 10 all Jets. Time. Top 10 all time. Is a Phoenix Coyotes record. 
And Josh Morrissey broke the Winnipeg Jets record, where they take the Atlanta Thrashers records, and they are now Jets records. And he is officially the franchise leader of points in a season for a defenseman, when he should have been breaking the Phil Housley record, that is 97 points in a season. Uh, Josh Morrissey would need 98 to be the franchise leader, or 97 to tie. But he does not get to break that record, because an Arizona Coyote gets to break that record. And the NHL is stupid. The record belongs to the city it happened in. I know there's problems with that. Somebody pointed one out. I was like, well, that sounds a little What's rough. What's the problem? I don't know. I don't remember what it was. What's Somebody said, I don't get your take on Most this. And they actually made a, They did make a solid point. I, I, at least I remember there was something with it. But at the end of the day, at, at the end of the day, the, the, it should belong to the fans. Because it's for the fans. How annoying is that for the record? Like any, literally any Winnipeg Jets record. You're not allowed to get excited about it, basically. No. Because every time you break a record, oh, Morrissey broke a record. And every person in the building is like, well, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah. he didn't. Well, like when Kyle Connor sets the record, he'll beat Danny Heatley. Yep. Boo. Or Ilya Kovalchuk. No, they, they celebrated this record on, what was it, Saturday he broke it? Yeah. Um, they celebrated it. Like, it, it's, a, and, it's and, an accomplishment and for and him well, and the they franchise. Sh- they should. But it's not. It's not at all. Phil Housley is a great Winnipeg Jet. That city knows that, man. Like, it's the, we can't just pretend that didn't happen. didn't happen. Thomas Dean was never captain there. That we're all pretending that that didn't happen in Winnipeg. Howard Chuck never played in Winnipeg. 97 points in a season never didn't jet. happen. Yeah, but, they've got, they, but they've got that Howard Chuck statue outside. But so, he's not no. a jet. He's a jet. But so, he's not a jet. But he's Solani. a jet, but he's not a jet. Solani, yeah. I think, like, okay. It's garbage. For, it's garbage. For the Arizona Coyotes, like, I think it's very weird to care. Coyotes. No, I don't think Coyotes fans our, care. Do they care? I think some of them. Yeah, why, well, some of them why? obviously do because they reached out to you and said, "Well, no," because I think that was just a general take. It wasn't Coyotes fans. I don't want to put oh. that on them. That's okay, not okay, fair enough. I j- I don't know. Yeah, whatever, why why whatever. would a Coyotes fan right now care about Phil Housley having exactly. this record? I don't think they care. Give it back to the city. Well, and and it's it's sort of one of those things where again, what do we do this for? Who are we doing this for? The fans. Yeah. So who does it belong to? The fans. It's it's like um it's the it's the something I the that I learned in school if you can believe I learned anything, um the the reality of like somebody was an, an author was talking about a book, and they say as soon as I release this book it doesn't belong to me anymore it belongs mm. to those who read it as soon as you release a song it doesn't belong to you anymore it belongs to those who who listen to it and their interpretation and how it hits them. And how it makes them emotionally react. Wasn't that when you have lover with uh, I, This Is America? No, I mean, it was, this was oh, something before. I learned in university. Sorry. But yeah, I'm sure he would feel the same way. I feel like these records, like, again, the fans always come last place when it comes in this shit. And I always feel like this record, Matthew scoring 60, yes, it belongs to Matthews, but it belongs also to the fans who love and adore the Leafs. No. And, and, and no. cannot... No. You know there's, what I mean? There's some ancient, there's some like 103 year old Toronto Arenas fan who's like, "Excuse me, that belongs to me." <laughs> Means belongs to Booby Booker. The way the NHL looks at it, it belongs to the owner, and if he yeah. moves his team to another city, he gets to take his records. I'm taking my records. Like that's bullshit. I'm taking my records to Miami. Fart, lots of fart. Like yeah. the sorry. Oh, go ahead. Well, uh, you you brought up yeah. the Jets' top ten. <laughs> Points by defenseman. I didn't seasons. bring that up. I did not bring that you up. Pulled it I up brought on the screen. The, the no, he brought up the Jets, not Phil, the Jets. Uh, Phil tweeted me the top ten points getters of the Phoenix Coyotes according to oh, the official f- record book of the so. NHL, and they are all Winnipeg Jets, guys. except for one. Except for one, guys. guys. on the list. Yeah, like I'm saying, he's talking about the Jets, not the Jets. Right. You oh. need to understand that he's Sorry. talking. When you're talking about the Jets, make sure you're talking about the Jets and not the Jets. I just, I can't. From Winnipeg. I can't get past this one thing that for some reason is sticking out on the screen. What is it? Phil Housley, first place, 97 points, minus 14. Phil, <laughs> ha- <laughs> Phil Housley, second place, 86 points, minus five. Phil Housley, third place, 78 points, or, or no, sorry, 76 points, minus 13. Dave Babich, thir- uh, fourth place, 74 points, minus eight. Dave Babich, fifth place, 68 points, minus nine. Frederick Olison, sixth place, 62 points, plus six. Let's fucking go. Uh-oh, <laughs> number seven, Frederick Olison again, 62 points, minus 31. Dave Babich, eighth place, 62 points, minus 15. Randy Carlisle, 56 points, minus 20. 
And Keith Yandel, 59 points, plus 12. Mm -hmm. Dude, only two of the top 10 scoring seasons from a defenseman in that franchise's history are a plus. How the fuck? That's weird. How? Weird anomaly. Yeah. How is that possible? It's weird. And don't shut up. I know the power play, but how (laughs) is that possible? That's wild. Yeah. Also, I accidentally called uh, Rob, who tweeted me, Phil. Because we're talking about Phil Housley. Just want to correct. Sorry, Rob. Anyways, I just want to say Keith Yandel, most responsible defenseman. <laughs> anyway, every time Jets I see that history. shit, it fucking pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> and to be clear, so. Yandel was on the Jets, not the Jets. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, hey, um, do you have any quick questions before we have to roll here? Uh, yeah, let's end on this quick note, if I can pull it up. Um, here we go. This is LeBron James talking about the Los Angeles Kings. Okay. I would love to, uh, at some point, you know, down the road on on an NBA franchise and be able to, you know, bring a winning franchise to a a city. Um, Like I said, Vegas is a really cool city and they're doing some great things in sports these days. Obviously, you see what the Aces are doing. You know, you got the Raiders there. Uh, You got the Kings there. The hockey team, you got, you know, they're doing a lot of great things down there. So, um, you know, we, we will see what happens um, and uh, go from there. I think it's the Kings. Like Kings. Golden the Knights. Who? The Golden Knights. The Golden Knights, yes. Kings I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you want to be taken seriously by mm. one of the biggest athletes in the world, you must first take yourself seriously. And we discuss at length on, the NA- uh, on this podcast about how the NHL does it. That's humiliating. Is it? The Los Angeles Kings play in the same building as yeah. LeBron James. Ah, okay. LeBron James has to walk by like the Kings logo. Every he time. plays not, in a building with their banners. Not in only it. do they play in the same building, the Kings are the owners of the are they? The, the staple the crypto.com center. Actually? The Lakers are the tenants. There's a reason. What? Yeah, there's a reason that the banners for the Kings hang in the rafters and the Lakers ones are on the wall. Like the Kings built this arena. Gretzky built that arena. Man. Gretzky built this arena. You gotta, you gotta know that the Kings are in LA and not in Vegas. Could just be a slip up. It was. I but mean, yeah. He also doesn't know. Doesn't need, but here's the thing: he doesn't need to know. That's the difference. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. If yes. he needed to know, that's a very good point. An NHL player needs to know where the NBA franchises are. LeBron does not need to know where the whose hockey is where, and that's a bummer because it's such a great game. Yeah. One day LeBron is going to own an NBA franchise in Vegas. They're expanding and he wants to be part I of it. Uh, I bet he's I bet within a I bet within a year or two. Unless Bronny makes it and then he's going to stick around. Not that quick. I don't think he's going to retire that no? quickly. He need, he needs to retire to own a team. You can't be a oh, player right. owner. Um but like it's going to happen whenever they do expansion to 32 and they'll Seattle will get a team back or whatever, but like <laughs> it's it's a little funny that he's trying to shout out the city of Vegas and get like those people in the city to join him so that they'll support his bid for a franchise and he can't learn the hockey team's name doesn't need to <laughs> doesn't need he can't, not that he can't is that he doesn't doesn't need, need to because this won't affect anything nope <laughs> they'll be like whatever it's lebron let's get him on board yeah and with that we will wrap but we will be back tomorrow Hooray! so Listen, we are counting down to trade deadline here. CJ Show doing extra episodes, putting in the work, baby. And, and by the way, they have had some juicy tidbits. Oh, there's been a trade. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada's Sportsbook. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.